Hey, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Great. Sorry it took so long, but we're here now. <laughs> all good. Yeah. So how long have you been doing aerial work? Uh, I've been doing my aerial circus stuff for about the past two years as of May. Um, you know, assuming that the world didn't end and everything got shut down. Yeah. So how did you uh, come about? No, it's not really a thing that a lot, like, I know it's not popular. So how did you, you know, uh, get the motive for trying it or get introduced to it, I should say? So I grew up uh, in Toronto and I grew up very much in the dance world. Uh, so I did competitive dancing, like, age of, like, 10 uh, until I moved away for university and then after university I wanted to do like something sort of as intense but uh, adult classes are usually at a fairly rec level and for anyone who knows me I'm not exactly a rec and entry level kind of person so I was like I guess I'll do circus so <laughs> that's what got me there Nice, nice. Now, is aerial work, is that hard? Like, how hard is it to uh, learn? Because it seems pretty tough. It seems pretty tough. It's it's definitely a challenge. Um, I was lucky enough that, like, I had a lot of different, like, training from, like, my dance background. So, like, I managed to get into it fairly easily. Um, and I do, like, some rock climbing as well. So, like, that also helps with it. But it's definitely... It definitely kicks your butt a bit. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, so you're in Canada, right? Yes, I am. How is uh, Canada? Because I hear so many things. Like I hear you guys don't have to lock your doors. And, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you, you know, and um, everybody's super nice there. And there's no homeless people so 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 let's clear up some of that stereotypes uh do you lock your door i grew up night? in toronto i i've met some people who i personally think are insane and they're like oh i don't bother locking my door which i'm like good luck to you in life <laughs> but um <laughs> I, I do but i grew up in toronto so to me it's like if you don't lock your door you're just asking for trouble <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, and see, you know, like me coming, being in America, living in Texas, like I hear so many things. I hear you guys don't even need locks on your doors because everybody is so nice. No. You know, I, you know, there's, there's no robbers or break-ins. You know, if, if there's anything, the robbers will clean for you. You know, <laughs> I mean, of course. If I'm that was the case, I'll leave my door open tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right but but i definitely uh you know uh, americans are definitely jealous of you guys i i have to say they i feel like canada is like what america wants to be but doesn't quite turn out to be you know what i, I mean i get that my first suggestion for you would be get rid of the gun <laughs> Not yeah. don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but like that that would be my first piece of advice. <laughs> right. Now uh would 
Hold on one second. Uh, and speaking of that, um, say for instance, like I know weed is legal and everything over there. So uh, how is like the legal laws? Because I know when weed is legal here, um, there's some protocol. Like say for instance, it might be legal for medical, but uh, not medicinal, or it might be uh, medical and medicinal. De- depending on what states you go to. So how does that So I'm not terribly familiar with it here, but um, as far as I know through some friends, uh, it's you go to the store, you say, I want that one, and then they give it to you, and then you go home, and then you enjoy it. It's It's like getting a bottle of wine. Pretty much. Pretty much. And uh, I I know you guys don't have racism as bad as we do. Is that true? It's definitely not, it, at least based on the, like, the media, it definitely doesn't seem nearly as bad here as it appears to be in the States. It still exists. It's still a problem. Um, and it's definitely something that I wish was better, but it's, it is better than the States. So I'm at least grateful for that. Yeah, and it's funny because I used to watch TV shows like the Grassies, and you know, there, you know, there would be some, you know, nice looking girls on there, and my mom would be like, "Well, they're mixed," you know. There's not a lot of racism in Canada, and it's weird because I can always tell when somebody is from, you know, somebody is from Canada. They just have this this look about them. You know what I mean? <laughs> You'll have to tell me what this look is. You know, well, well basically, they're they're prettier. They're you know, their bodies are more athletic. You know, and fuller. You know, they they're just. I, I just love Canadian women. <laughs> what can I say? It's the maple syrup. It makes us terribly sweet. Oh, is that what it is? Shoot, I need to I need to start giving my girlfriend some <laughs> maple syrup then. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, I hear so many things good about your, you know, country. Hopefully you hear, uh, you know, good things about ours. I know we've been kind of taking the short end of the stick lately, but I have faith that it's going to get better. I've definitely heard good things in the past. You guys are running a little dry on that well right now, but we're hoping that, you know, we're, we are rooting for you here north of the border. We do want things to get better. <laughs> yeah, and, and if it doesn't, you can, you know, I might be your neighbor <laughs> at that point. You're always welcome after quarantine. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because the borders are closed, man. Like, there was so much I was, you know, so many places I was going, so many things I wanted to do. You know, but they closed everything down. My friend was actually in Thailand going to London. And, you know, London was like, "Uh uh-uh, you got to go back to Texas. We can't I would have just stayed in Thailand. (laughs) Right, right. Well, she travels a lot. She's uh, definitely a hippie. Ah. She's uh, one of the people that doesn't like to stay in a place. And Thailand was one of her uh, bucket list destination along with you know England but I would have stayed there too man it's beautiful over there one of my friends uh she was traveling in I believe it was Switzerland and then like 
the shutdown started to happen and it was like, oh, there's, you know, there's flights to go home. And she's like, yeah. And then she just decided to, you know, get stuck in Switzerland. And I'm like, I don't blame you. I'm very jealous, but like, I don't blame you. Right. I mean, you know, traveling at this point is definitely a uh, hard thing to do, but I feel like we have, you know, as far as entertainers come up with some creative ways to, you know, stay creative. Like there's people doing, um, cause I'm not, I know, I'm sure you know about this, but as an aerialist, sometimes there's like, um, platforms where they have stands that you can stand on, so you can basically do it anywhere. You yeah, know what so I mean? So there's uh, freestanding rigs. Yeah, and like people will, you know, cut on their laptop, get on live, and do like aerials from home and stuff like that. And you know, there's been uh, rave, uh, stay-at-home raves and things. So I mean, we're definitely, you know definitely creative you know getting creative with how we you know stay creative but man i i have a i have a um prediction that as soon as the elections are up the reptilians will tell us it's okay to take our mask off and we'll finally be able to like live normal again well i'm i'm hoping that we'll get there but for for the time being i'd rather be safe than sorry and get this over with sooner yeah. Are you planning on taking the vaccines? Uh, once it's available, yeah. I am not. I am go- I'm going to take it, but you know, I'm going to wait a while. I had a doctor personally cuz I asked this doctor. I said, "Will you be taking the vaccine when it first comes out?" He says, "When it first comes out, no." But I will be taking it eventually, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's horrible." But I mean, it, it definitely, I feel like they're definitely um, rushing things. You know, I feel like, you know, a vaccine will come. I feel like people need to take their precautions, wear their masks, stay inside. Because really, when you think about it, it's 2020. Why do you have to go out? It's true. I'm a very, you know, I'm like, a very big fan you know, of like, Amazon. <laughs> it, thank you. I'm like, what reason? There's Amazon. Amazon, you can get groceries from there. Why are you going out? Everything's on Hulu. There's no need to go to the movies. You got Grubhub. You got, like, there's literally no reason to go out of your house now. There really isn't. Like, (laughs) at this point, you're just going out because you can't. They want you to stay in. And, like, it's ridiculous how people at like children like you know how there's the one kid in class that just does not want to follow instructions like you guys only have one kid in your class like that wow you guys are lucky (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean yeah there's a they influence the rest but i mean say for instance i saw a video of this one chick saying i don't want to wear a mask i'm not joining your cult and i'm just like jesus christ like it's you know, I could see if it was an inconvenience. Like me, uh, as a podcaster, I have to get, like, if I'm podcasting from the studio, we have to get tested once a week. You know, I could see if it's something like that. And even that, you know, I got used to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
But yeah, like just wearing a mask is not inconvenient. People wear much worser things over their face. So I think people should just get over it. Well, the reality is, is that like you only need to wear it when you're going out into a crowded area. Generally, if you're going to be indoors in a busy area, which you should be trying to avoid those settings anyways. Which means that you're not going to be wearing it more than, like, what, half an hour at a time to go grocery shopping once a week? Like, you, you can, you can yeah. survive the half hour. I, I promise. Exactly. Exactly. Now, what got you into, uh, what got you in the dance? And uh, do you ever keep it up? Because me, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a musical theater kid. And I've literally taken every dance class except for Jive and uh, African. Don't want to do Jive. It's basically an extreme version of Swing. But I would love to have like an African dance class or take an African dance class at least um, once. But uh, what made you stop dancing and when did you start? And do you ever still do it from time to time? So I originally started dancing when I was believe six years old which Mm -hmm. there's a bit of a funny story for it so when I was four years old I went up to you know little little four-year-old me goes up to my mom and says mommy I want to take ballet lessons like you know most little four-year-old girls want to my mom's like you know go outside and play and I'm like okay so then I went outside and played and then the next year I went up to my mom and said mommy I want to take ballet lessons. She's like, no, you don't go outside and play. And I went, okay. And then I went outside and played. And then when I was six, I was like, mommy, I want to take ballet lessons. And she's like, no, you don't go outside and play. And I was like, no, mommy, I want to take ballet lessons. She's like, okay, we'll sign you up now. (laughs) She wanted to make sure that like, it was my decision because there's a lot of parents that will like force their kids into like hockey lessons or ballet lessons. And then the kid doesn't want to stick with it because it's not something they're actually interested in. Um, so my mom wanted to ensure that this was something that, yes, I re- I wanted to ask for it twice, was apparently how I convinced her. Although it didn't work with, you know, toys. Asking more times didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wow. And what dance would you say you're, like, is your favorite, like, you're best at? I'd say probably like a lyrical contemporary style was definitely kind of my forte. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did like everything from like ballet and jazz and tap. And then like later on, I did some ballroom dancing and swing dancing. So I kind of ended up doing everything. My worst was definitely hip hop though. I was, I was very much a bunhead growing up. I did not, there was no gangster swag with me. Really? And it's funny because with hip-hop, the only thing you have to have is rhythm. Like, that's literally the only thing you have to have. Yeah, I... I feel I, I, I feel like people overestimate hip-hop. Because, see, the thing I love about hip-hop, there is no wrong way. It's all about self-expression. Like, you don't... Like, with ballet, there is a right way and wrong way to do ballet. But with hip-hop... Like, you can see what the teacher does. And, yes, you have to do some form of that. But you can, like, put your own style to it. 
your own flavor to it. And that's what I like about hip hop. So when people are like, oh, I suck. I'm like, no, you probably don't. You know, <laughs> you probably just need to, you know, just take more classes. What can I say? <laughs> I'm very talented at how bad I am at it. <laughs> It's not, it's not so much that it was that I wasn't good at it. It was just very much like I was very stiff because I think the first time I did hip hop, I was 12 or 13. So I'd already done ballet for six years. So point your toes and turn out and stand up straight. And my hip hop teacher is like, Michelle, relaxed. It's like, stop standing so straight. And I'm like, I am relaxed. And I'm like, straight into the board with my feet turned out in first position. And it's just like, can you like stop having a bun for like two seconds yeah <laughs> i'm very good at that <laughs> yeah. yeah see i'm the opposite when it came to ballet i had horrible horrible form actually whenever i would do jazz uh i would do it like hip-hop you know like i would add my own flair to it and they're like this isn't my teacher would be like this isn't hip-hop <laughs> you know you you have to like point in you know yep Definitely. Now, would you ever see yourself teaching dance in the near future? So I actually did teach dance. That was my first job uh, when I was in uh-huh. when I was in grade 12. Like I it started off. I volunteered at the dance studio I went to um, on Saturday mornings when I was in grade nine through 12. I'd volunteered there four hours a week, every week for the four years. <laughs> So I did that, and then when I was in grade 12, I also then took a job with the City of Toronto teaching ballet or creative movement to kids from the age of, like, 3 to 10. Different classes, obviously, because those are vastly different ages for kids. Um, And I taught, I think, three or four hours a week. Got paid, like, 20 bucks an hour, which was not bad movie money. Mm-mm. So let me ask you this. Um, what was the best and worst thing about teaching for you? There were definitely two best things. One was, like, I really like seeing kids grow. And for me, the fact that they're there in rec classes, it's like no one's no one's becoming a prima ballerina when they're when they start in, like, rec lessons it's just it doesn't generally happen so it's like I kind of tried to focus more on life lessons like how to ask a question when you're not sure of like what an exercise is or how to do something so that way you could take that into math class when you don't know how to do like multiplication so you're willing to ask the teacher versus just staying quiet so I tried to instill good life lessons and just you know dance was part of that um so that was definitely very rewarding for me and then the other one was it also combos with like one of the bad things was I had a student one time that was very very hyperactive and very much did not like to listen to the rules and was like bouncing off the walls and the parents knew this so they would bring me a coffee and a donut from Tim Horton when they dropped their kid off. (laughs) It was like, we're so sorry. Here's a coffee and a donut and bye. Right. So you get a bit of both. Yeah. Now, um, 
you have literally the perfect body. I'm jealous. I'm working on it. I'm going to get there. You know, I just got to get motivated. I bought me some collagen. I'm going to start eating right in a minute. (laughs) You know, as I'm drinking a Coke and eating a Twix right now. (laughs) Don't worry. I've got a Costco size bag of peanut peanut M&Ms. Don't worry. We're the same. Right. But with that being said, how do you keep your body in shape? I mean, it's uh, like, I'm jealous. It's definitely... It's definitely a challenge, and it's definitely more of a challenge uh, during the shutdown. Although, luckily, the area that I live in, I'm not in Toronto now. I'm about an hour outside of it. So the area that I'm in, we're actually slowly starting to reopen, like in very limited size classes. But I'm slowly starting to get back into my aerial classes, which is definitely helping. Um, But it's definitely watching what you eat, making sure that, you know, you're stretching at home and like doing some form of exercise, going on walks, just kind of maintaining kind of a semblance of normalcy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I've started, you know, working out more cause you know, I, you know, with Chagman, uh, Chagwit Bozeman, you know, passing away, unfortunately, RIP. I was telling my agent, I was like, hey, if Disney's going to recast the Black Panther, I'm definitely I think you would do an excellent job. <laughs> Thanks. Black Panther or uh, Static Shock. I actually auditioned for the uh, for the uh, Power Rangers movie, but I, I didn't get it. But I'm kind of glad I didn't get it because that movie sucked. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, you watch it and you're like, ooh, dodge that bullet. Yeah, and, and that that happens a lot with auditions. Like, you really, and it'd be the main thing that you want that you don't get and it ends up being, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't get that. <laughs> now, what is the perfect day off for you? Like, your cat is fed, you know, your litter box has changed. You don't have to, you know, worry about anything. Just have a free day to just sit. What's the perfect off day look like for you? Uh, usually it would involve sleeping till noon, which is always, always a particular treat, which I'm hoping to do this long weekend. So fingers crossed right. on that. Um, <laughs> then I guess waking up, making some crepes for breakfast and probably like watching a movie or some animes and then probably working on some 3d modeling and doing some 3d printing for the rest of the day, hanging out with some friends later, you know, just kind of what I do most days anyways. Yeah. Nice. I saw you were an anime uh, fan. My top three animes are Naruto, Sailor Moon, and Dragon Ball Z with Yu-Gi-Oh! An honorable mention. What are your top three animes? Okay, so I'm... I was into anime a bit, like, growing up. And then I kind of lost it for a bit. And then my friends have slowly been, like, bringing me back into the fold lately. So, (laughs) yeah, uh, there's one anime that's done by Rooster Teeth that did Red vs. Blue. I'm not... Some people know it, and other people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, and yeah, the- it's very underrated. Uh, the anime is called Ruby, which is R-W-B-Y. I highly recommend mm-hmm. it. I have convinced 
no less than 10 of my friends to start watching it, and all of them are now obsessed with it. So, highly rated all around. I'm going to have to check it out. You said it's called Ruby? Yep. Nice. It's it's definitely it's definitely interesting. The quality of the first two or three volumes is pretty bad to start, but like I promise the like animation quality actually gets really, really good. It's just starting off, they started they didn't know if like the show was gonna do well, so they started off with a really low budget. So you got low budget animation. <laughs> Yeah. So if you stick it out, it's worth it, I promise. Yeah, I'm definitely and you said it's called Ruby. Yep. I'm definitely gonna try it. And I see you're into yoga too. Yeah, so I do it's not so much like most people's typical yoga. It's very much uh acro yoga, which is more like partnered based like kind of acrobatics, which has like some elements of yoga incorporated into it. Mm-hmm. Which has been I Yeah, it's it, oh, go ahead. It, it's been we've slowly my group that of friends that I usually do that with, we've very slowly started to see each other again and create kind of our own bubble of people where we can like get back to practicing. Yeah, I actually did yoga for the first time two weeks ago. Oh, and let me tell you, it was definitely an experience. Like, I had no idea what I was in for. Like, I get, like, I've always wanted to do yoga, and there's a yoga place in Dallas called Black Swan, and highly recommended to anybody. And so I go in, and I notice it's hot in there. And I was like, I've never done yoga before. Is this hot yoga? And they're like, yep, it <gasps> is. And oh. I was like, oh, boy. Oh, my. And I literally, yeah, I had no idea how hard yoga was. Like, I literally thought it was nothing but, like, meditating and stretching and posing, which it is. But I had no idea the poses would be so hard to do. Like, I guess out of the span of an hour, I was only able to do three poses correctly. And yep. I literally, I've never sweated that much in my life. I literally left my soul on the mat. I sweated so much, I paid $3 for a towel just so I could have and uh, dry off. And so I get, the, you know, the class is over and the instructor goes, how did you like it? And I'm like, I hated it. I want my money back. Aww. But, you know, even though I could only do, like, so many moves, like, First of all, everybody in there was like beautiful. So yoga, it, it must work so, to some capacity. Second of all, I felt 10 times better than I went in than when I left. For some reason, and I thought it was just a placebo effect. So I asked my friend that went with me and she was like, yeah, I feel good too. I even got some uh free eggs from the most expensive store in town i went to this store do you guys have a tom thumb up there a witch uh it's a store called tom thumb do you guys have one of those i don't think so because i have never heard of that before yeah it's a grocery store but it's uh do you guys have a whole foods yeah we've got a whole food place yeah Okay, so basically, it's a store that's really overpriced, but not Whole Foods. So, like, Whole Foods would be, like, one step above that. 
And let me tell you, like, I walked in there with a $10 bill and I was able to get some coconut oil because it's the only oil that actually penetrates and moisturizes your hair. Other oils moisturize too, fun fact, but they basically sit on the hair. But coconut and avocado oil is the only oil that basically like seeps through. And so um, I got me some of that and I got my mom some eggs. And I was able to get both. She gave me the eggs for free. And I was like, ah, thanks to yoga. Look at this. You know, and I just felt good, like, all around afterwards. I guess I had sweated all the toxins out or something. But, yeah, and, like, I wasn't embarrassed that I couldn't do the moves either. You know, it was nothing but positive vibes in there. I would definitely consider it doing, you know, consider it being a twice a year thing, you know, nothing too often because it was little, yeah, it did take a lot out of me, but yeah, you know, definitely a twice a year thing. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my friends do yoga like quite in quite intensely. And I feel like I would really enjoy doing a hot yoga. However, I also have a friend who they went to hot yoga once. And from the heat of it, they ended up passing out partway through the class. It's not as, it, it's hot, yes, but it's not as bad as it, you know, it's, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. I encourage anybody to give it a try at least once a year or twice a year, you know, but it's definitely worth it. And like I told you, I felt you know, I sweated out all the toxins. I felt 10 times. I literally felt like a new person walking out of there. But I will tell you, Texas is very hot, like 100 degrees or 90 degrees is cool for us. And when I walked out of that building, I was like, I never thought outside would be cooler than inside. But it, it's definitely it's definitely worth it. I would say hydrate before you go. You know, Definitely. that was probably, you know, that was probably the real problem. They wasn't, you know, drinking enough water. But it's definitely an experience that I believe everybody should experience, especially you, since you're actually into yoga. Sure. Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite dance teacher? Uh, when I was, when I used to dance in Toronto or now? Both. So I would say I had two two particular favorites. Uh, Stephanie taught acro, which I was a huge fan of because what hyperactive child doesn't like learning how to do flips and tricks and stuff like that. So that was really great. And then yeah. I had another teacher who taught like ballet and contemporary and her name was Tara Roberts. Uh, and she was just a very... She was a very loving teacher. She was very encouraging. She, like, really focused on what, like, she did some competition uh, numbers with me. And she really, like, focused on, like, not necessarily what was flashy and showy and, like, what people want to see, but very much, like, what suited your body and your talents best. So mm -hmm. it was, it was always a very positive experience, which is something I look back fondly on. Nice, nice. Now, what's your favorite song to dance to? Oh God, I I don't even know. Honestly, I, 
this part of my life, if music goes on, I'm usually like, you know, wiggling around and shaking my butt a bit and just, it's just something that like, you just like to move once you've like been doing it long enough. Yeah. Now I see you take a lot of pictures. Are Were you into photography at any point in your life? Yes. Um, you must have gone back a fair bit because I, I take a lot of pictures now and then like I never get around to posting them because I'm like, no, no, I want to edit them first. And then I never edit them. So they never actually go up. Um, well, of course but... I have to research my, you know, my guests before, before I interview <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I feel mildly stalked. I'm like, I feel honored. Feels so special. I'm I'm stalking worthy. It's great. You should, because you you definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's only mildly creepy. <laughs> um. So yes. Yeah, so I actually have picked up photography. Um. I've been doing it sort of since grade twelve. I got my first, you know, professional DSLR camera. Um. I really love like scenic stuff i find people are really ugly in photos it's just never been like my prime focus for photography um so i really my favorite things to photograph are definitely sunsets and waterscapes particularly waterfalls so uh this year i was actually originally planning on going to croatia which has like hundreds of like the most gorgeous waterfalls i think i've ever seen in my life and I wanted to go there and you know take my camera and you know do some adventuring and lots of hiking and that didn't quite pan out this year but the hope is still there to get there one day yes now you're a redhead which obviously means you're magic so (laughs) what was the most magicalest thing that has ever happened to you in your life oof feel like I needed to prepare for that one. <laughs> I'm not sure. There's definitely like there's definitely been like a lot of great experiences that I've had where just like being in the right place at the right time and just like finding people. It's like I've run into people while traveling and then like became like friends for years afterwards yeah for like chance like chance meetings yeah that's so that's me whenever i go to like an anime con or anime convention yeah for sure as long as as long as you avoid the people that are a little bit weird at those cons like you but for the most part you find people that are really genuine and just like there's just that shared interest have you ever been to one to an anime con uh-huh. Yes, so I have a friend he he got me into uh cosplay and cons and all of that. Um I blame him entirely for the amount of money that I spend on cosplays each year and I complain about it constantly with him. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> what originally got me into it was I from my dance background, I really loved costume design, you know. Who doesn't like a thousand rhinestones on something, right? Right. So I, and I'm a huge fan of like Halloween because you get to, you know, dress up however you want. So I made a Poison Ivy Halloween costume and I spent three months on it. And my friend told me, 
all right, you need to go to like Fan Expo, which is like our essentially our Comic Con. He's like, you need mm-hmm. to go to Fan Expo. And I was like, but that's for nerds. And he's like, Michelle, you are a nerd. I was like, you don't have to be so mean about it. <laughs> yeah, Poison Ivy was actually my uh, first love. Did you know that? I have heard that multiple times. I'm not going to lie. Yep. Uh, right when uh, it was the Batman and Robin, right when Uma Thurman played her that's when i hit puberty i guess <laughs> nice <laughs> definitely definitely um now let me ask you this because i'm legit interested because i know american cons they can kind of be problematic um are canadian cons the same way what do you mean by problematic like, and this is going to be the most American thing you hear all week, I'm sure. But uh, my friend worked at the convention and I had another friend who was volunteering. So I had an inside scoop. We have something called ACON, which stands for Anime Con. It's the biggest uh, this anime convention Dallas or Texas in general. And so there was uh, reports of people ordering pizzas then smearing them on the walls there was reports of people putting their beds outside of you know the hotels and throwing them down the stairs you know just american stuff what? I mean, yeah, th- th- that's why i said it's gotta sound like the most american thing you hear all week <laughs> That, like, that sounds like a very crazy night at, like, university. Maybe it's homecoming, but, like, that's probably about as close as I think I've ever got to that level of specialness. Oh, trust me, nerds can hang. If you put a nerd in the right setting, I swear we can hang with the best of them. Like, say- Oh, no, I'm, I'm sure of that. It's just uh, here up north, it seems that we're maybe a little bit more respectful of things. Yeah, like, um... <laughs> Here we have a rule. If you're going to a convention, it would be ridiculously stupid to stay at the same hotel where the convention is had because once a night during the convention, people pull the fire alarm. So there's the fire alarm thing that gets pulled every night. Um, You know, people are rowdy. Like, and for some reason, moms think when the convention says 18 and up, they think that means pay for your kid's hotel room, um, pay for their tickets, then just drop them off. You know, you're definitely supposed to have adult supervision because, like you said, there are creeps there, you know, at cons yep. especially. But, um, you know, there was underage kids throwing up in the lobby, and eventually they got kicked out of the hotel. <laughs> you know, no surprise there. And they had to move it to a different location. But, um, yeah, it definitely got, uh, you know, got a little crazy. I got a little crazy. But I'm sure, like you said, where you're from, they're more uh civilized and mature over there well we we try to keep it to the right setting it's like go crazy and go nuts at the bars but where you like where the con is hosted if you want the con to be able to go there again then following year you kind of got to make sure that you don't wreck the place (laughs) yeah definitely definitely but yeah like 
it can get a little crazy. It can. But I feel like, you know, that's part of it. You know, you just have to, you know, accept it and, you know, move on, you know. And then there's the con diets where we spend all our money in the dealer room and we live the whole weekend off of ramen, uh, ramen and vodka. Do you guys do the same? I fortunately will always keep a small stash of money for food because I'm usually starving because I've pulled nothing but all-nighters the week before a con finishing off, you know, my latest greatest cosplay because the con crunch is real and alive with me. (laughs) There's actually a Um, YouTube video about that, you know, like day one, day two, (laughs) Oh yeah, I I think I, I think I've I've seen at least one of those types that's like you know a month before con and you're like ah, I've got time, two weeks before con ah, I got time and then it's like the week before and you're like okay I should maybe start putting things together and then it's like the three days beforehand and you're just like covered in like glue and sequins and rhinestones and like there's thread everywhere and scraps of fabric and you're just like where's the floor. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, like they're definitely they're definitely fun. Um I wish I could go to more. I was supposed to go to one this year, but you know with the whole corona thing, so hopefully I get to go last year cuz I always meet like a lifelong friend. Like half of the friends I have now are actually from the, you know, different conventions I've been to. So, yeah, they're definitely fun. Um, stay away from the brony cons. They're not so fun. <laughs> Can't say. I don't think we've had any that are specifically geared to that fandom. However, you always see, you know, a corner, like a little like hidden corner of it here and there at certain cons. Yeah, and I mean, I understand why... You know, because my I had one friend that was a brony. He's not anymore. It was just a phase. But he was like, you should watch. Um, yeah, which explains it. And he was like, you should try watching it. And I watched three episodes. And I understand why they like it. Because it's really a adult show with adult themes that they mask through, like, worse. Like, say, for instance, there was one pony. And she was like, oh, you're supposed to be my friend. Why are you playing with her? And I was like, girl, shut the fuck up. Okay, you guys are lesbians. You know, she's cheating on you. You're not friends. But, you know, they have to say that for the show. So there is adult themes in the show. However, as a grown man, I'm not going to watch it. You know, like I was dragged to see the movie. You know, I was babysitting and the kid dragged me and begged me to take her to see the movie. I saw the movie. I think Sia and Tay Diggs was great. I cried at the end. However, I'm still not going to watch it by myself. You know? I'm like, honestly, you are speaking a foreign language to me because I'm very, very sorry. But currently you have watched far more of uh, My Little Pony than I ever have or probably ever will. Yeah, keep it that way. Keep it that way, please. Jesus Christ. Now, so 
when you're doing aerial work, are you like assigned to a certain circus or can you just freelance and like go perform freely for anybody you want to? Uh, so for me personally, I mostly do this at a fairly like recreation level. Um, I've done performances like through the studio that I go to for classes. Um, but as far as like a lot of my friends have taken uh, like either have done professional performances, have gone to like national and international competitions, or it's like some of my friends that are more in like the flow side of the circus community. So they're not doing aerials, but they do like fire spinning and fire eating and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and they've got their own troupe, and it's fairly you're pretty much allowed to just kind of freelance your own way through it and go to various different auditions. Mm-hmm. Now, what are your top three movies of all time? Ooh, ooh. I feel like I should be more prepared for these types of questions. And like, as soon as you ask them, I'm like, movies. I'm like, yes, I've, I watch movies. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're your favorite, you know, they should just come right to you. You know, well, I it, mean, I get it. Depends I get on it the theme. There's a lot. Yeah, because there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, I'd say, like, my go-to favorite is probably Titanic. It's like, I just, I can't get through the first, like, five minutes of them doing, like, the cast-off scene of, like, the original Titanic. Like, by that point, I'm already bawling my eyes out. I'm just like, whenever I need, like, a good cry, I just, like, put it on and I'm just like, it's okay! It's okay! Very good movie. Very good movie. So Way ahead of its time. But it still holds up really well, considering, yeah. considering it's, what, over 20 years old now? Yeah, like, you can literally, like, put it in, and it resonates. Like, it aged really well. Very much. Um, I'd probably say, I always toss in at least, like, one, like, Disney movie. So I'd probably say mm-hmm. that my go-to Disney movie is probably Tarzan. Oh, that's mine. That's actually my favorite. One of my favorite did. I'm a Disney kid, so I like all of them. But Tarzan is one of mine. Fun fact, the song You'll Be In My Heart reminds me of me and my mom's relationship when I was a kid. So that's actually one of my favorite songs, too. But I love, love Tarzan. I I think I actually saw it in the movies when it was out. Think I think the first movie that I like Disney movie that I saw in theaters was Mulan because I have like this extremely vivid memory of you know when like the Huns like pop out of the snow I remember like yeah. screaming and jumping and then like <laughs> Mushu has his line of like they're popping out of the snow like daisies and I just like I have the most vivid memory of this like ten seconds of my life. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's that was a good one. Are you excited for the new one that's coming out? I it's certain versions of the live actions that I've seen, some of them I think they've done well. And then other times I see the live action and I just look at them and I'm like, it's I find that it's they've they've converted what the movie originally was, which a lot of the Disney movies were done like in you know the 30s or the 40s so it's like it's 
depicting like a very kind of not necessarily yeah. what you would call like super feminist like ideals and i feel like a lot of them they're not really modifying it to the point where it kind of converts to like current goals like there's nothing wrong with like being like i wanted to be stay 